This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you the morning after the night before. Uh, Arsenal's defeat to Manchester City meant that they dropped a second place in the Premier League table. We're going to talk about it. Uh, We're going to react to it. We're going to give you my thoughts about it. We're going to try and stay civil about it. (sighs) Oh, this is painful. This is... Ugh, it is, that's why I put it in the headline of today's video. It's just, ugh, I just feel ugh this morning. Um, so hyped, so built up yesterday, so ready. Um, and it's kind of that feeling of you build yourself up and you feel like you've just been kind of slammed down by your legs. Your back's gone into the ground like Carl Walker last night. Uh, it's a real gut punch, this. It's a real, real gut punch. Um that's how it feels. I really felt like last night I was just sucker punched in the stomach um, with so much hope and positivity and belief. And don't get me wrong, this season's far from done. Um, and I want to see a reaction, most of all. And Villa is so, so important. I'm sorry to tell you that I'll be there. We're going to try and put a, the bad omen to bed. Um but yeah, that game is is massive. We're going to get into the game and talk a lot about it, of course, get some of your thoughts and feelings as well. Um, look, I tell you, it, it, it's days like this. Like, I'm very privileged to have the job I have. I'm very privileged to be able to talk about Arsenal every day. But it is these moments when I, you know, when I put the show together, wake up early, when all you really just want to do is just like lie in beds, put the covers over the top of you and just sleep through to the next game. So if you could drop a like on the video to show your appreciation, I would really appreciate that. Uh, morning to Mike, to Pennyween, to Red Star. Uh, good morning to Harrison, to Josh, Mohamed Basha. Um, I think StreamYard has unfortunately stolen away. Uh, once again, some of your comments. Steve Stone was indeed first. Uh, Marcus, good morning to you. To Matt G, uh, Tony, Azarul. Uh, good morning to uh, Dave and Blackshine and Carl. We've got plenty more of you as well in the chat box. Um, yeah, let's 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 talk about this. Um, 
So obviously there's a real frustration um, with obviously what happened. And I've labelled the the show mis- mistakes, misses, and Mikel Angst. And I've not made a uh, I've not made a PowerPoint because I just think I needed to speak. Uh, and honestly, I, it, it took energy to put this show together, let alone uh, make a PowerPoint as well. If I'm honest, so. Let's start with the the mistakes because for me the reason why we missed we, why we lost this game is the mistakes that we made. I think we can all be in agreement of the fact that the reason why we conceded three goals is because we made three mistakes and we gave the ball away three times. And you just can't do that against Man City. And what's so painful about that as well is that obviously last year we also made mistakes, which is the reason why we had a, a good first half, which I think we still had in this game. I think we had a good first half, other than the big error from Tommy Asu. And, uh, and we were punished, because you, you will get punished. City are a team that will punish you if you do not play to your absolute composed maximum. You can't afford to make mistakes, let alone three. So... Tommy Asu being starting, you know, when we did the preview show, I said I didn't, I didn't want Tommy Asu starting. I wanted the back four to stay the same. I wanted White to play. I said I don't want to mess with the back four. And I know that Arteta was completely fair in his post-match press conference to say that you know we started Tommy Asu against Liverpool and we won that game. But I just felt as though if you're going to keep something consistent, the defense is something you need to keep consistent. And obviously, the benefit of hindsight is really easy for me to say that. So I'm not going to start going on people that said, oh, look, I happily start Tommy Asu over White. But I just felt that in this game, I would have liked to see the back four held consistently. And I said that in the preview show. So I feel as though I'm entitled to, to say that without the benefit of hindsight, because I said it before. And... Tommy Asu had a game where I think obviously the effects of that mistake did get to him. I think he was fine up until the mistake that he made. And then that obviously bled into the rest of his performance. Still did some good things. Um, dealt with Haaland pretty well in other moments. Um, and actually, you know, could have got more protection from Saka in the, in the second goal. Uh, he had to obviously come across to deal with Gundogan because he lacked that other player to, in front of him to help protect the extra man running over. But yeah, that's that's a real uh, a real frustration. The second mistake, Gabriel, in the second half, uh, I just I got so frustrated with the amount of um, blind passes that we were playing. For me, I have no issue with us playing out from the back, none at all, because of what we should do, we absolutely should be playing out the way that we play out. If you want to go and kick the ball long, go and play down in the relegation zone. It's as simple as that. If you kick the ball long, if you clear the ball, if you just kick out for touch or you concede possession, you're going to lose more games. You're going to be down there fighting for your life in the relegation zone. To be at the top, to be a team that wins the league, you have to be able to play out. You have to be able to create your chances from the goalkeeper. And the most of our chances that we created in the game came from that very thing. Us playing out, us building up play, and that's how you get the opportunities that we got. So I don't buy into the... We need to just boot it out because you need to learn to play out. The difference is here is that you can't play these blind balls. You have to be able to be assured in your passing. If the pass doesn't look like it's on, hold it, hold the ball up, wait for support, play the pass. But we played too many blind moves in this. And I get that there's always got to be some presumption about where players are going to be on the field. I mean, just look at Gundogan's pass to to Grealish for the second goal. It was a blind pass, but he expected his player to be there. But in that part of the pitch, you're not going to really be taking too many risks 
in this part of the pitch, you need to be more assured. And Gabriel wasn't assured when he made that pass. And obviously, there was the mistake which he had kind of spared with Haaland as well, because uh, he was beaten out by Haaland and he did bring him down in the box. It was a bit here and there, but I think with the referee giving that, it would have been a penalty and uh, we wouldn't have seen that turned over. And obviously, lastly, then we give the ball away for the third goal. Uh, we can't get into the box quick enough. We can't stop the cross. We can't stop the shot. And at that point, it's game over. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we're done. Uh, we're done at that stage in terms of this game. Not in terms of the season, absolutely not. But in terms of this game, yeah, we're done. But we didn't have it. It didn't have to be that way, and that's what's that's what's key for me in this one. And that's what I think I've slept on. The thing I've slept on, the thing I didn't really appreciate last night as much. Um, I, I for one, looked more so at the game this morning and went, oh, we weren't outclassed in this game. We weren't outclassed. And the reason why I don't think we were outclassed." It's because if you look at the opportunities that we created, if you take those chances, obviously it's a very different game. And the reason why we lost this game was because of mistakes. If we were outclassed in this game, then you would have seen City dominant. You would have seen them with more possession. You would have seen them with more shots. You would have seen them creating opportunities without the mistakes, which if we're honest, the big chances they created came from us making mistakes, either through fouls or obviously the big ones that created those chances they had. City did not outclass us. And I watched a show, I think it was on the football terrace. Um, and I want to give a shout out to a gal um, as well. Uh, I saw a clip. I don't know if you've seen it during the round. You know, I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of the terrace at times, but I thought a gal really defended our club of an accusation of being called the P word, which I'm not going to use uh, on here. There was nothing scared about the way we played. There was errors in this game. Sure, we made some blind passes, but we weren't scared to play our game. And we continued to play out from the back with, as we continue to describe it as the youngest team in the league. We were missing our two best players in Thomas Partey and Gabriel Jesus. I thought Jorginho came in and did a good job you know, anyone that was really doubting Jorginho shouldn't have a worry based on that performance. He was good. He was progressive. He played the ball forwards. The only thing that I was concerned about with Jorginho in the game is the amount of times that he goes in a little bit too. Um, he rushes into some moments, gets turned quite easy, and suddenly there's a big space. That's the that's the question mark I have about Jorginho from the game. But beyond that, I thought he was good, controlled, possessive, progressive, and I thought he did well. And if it was a case between him or Lakonga coming in for this game, I'm bloody glad that we had him and not Lakonga coming in for this game. Obviously, with Elneny injured as well. But the arguments, and I talked with Harry about this on Twitter last night, I disagree in the sense I don't think we were outclassed. I really don't think we were outclassed in this game. I think, as I said before, it is a game in which mistakes cost us and in which we didn't take our chances. And that's where we come on to Eddie Nketiah. For me, Eddie Nketiah is a player that if you create opportunities in the six-yard box, you have to be reliant on him taking them. And we created two opportunities around the six-yard box that he didn't take. Massive chances. That in those moments, if he scores, it's a different game. In those moments, you either take the lead or you've got your goal back, you have to take those chances. And he didn't do that. Not only that, but obviously, again, I feel as though we kind of lacked a little bit of collaborativeness from him. Uh, and that was a real shame. Um, I feel as though Martinelli of the three in the front was the most impressive, which gave me encouragement because, of course, 
Um, he has struggled in recent weeks, but I thought of the three, I thought Martinelli was the one that impressed me the most with his movement, with his play, with his directness, with the way he took players on. Um, Saka, I still want to see something more from him. But with, yeah, Eddie and Ketia, you have got to take your chances. You've got to take your chances, mate, in those positions. You really have. And he did that against United, but he's not done that today. And that that is big. But again, look, no Jesus, no Partey. And losing Partey, no matter how good Jorginho is, you know that he's not the same player. He isn't going to give you the same things always. He did a good job. I thought he was good. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we miss Partey's progression. We miss Partey's dominance. And you're not going to find a replacement for Partey in January. So those of you that are crying about the transfer window this morning, I'm sorry, but you ain't finding a replacement for Partey in January, someone who can do that. Um what we could have done is arguably bring in another forward, although that would have then asked for four signings to be made in January. You could have recalled Balogun as the other option, which, again, I think reflecting on the season, we may look back at the end of the season and go, maybe we should have done that. Maybe we should have done that. Some people will say that we should leave him out alone to continue to develop, and is he going to play enough? But in those opportunities, the form that Balogun's on, I probably might back him to score those chances. Maybe I'm being naive. Who knows? But maybe I'd back him to hit those, at least hit the target in those opportunities and those positions. And it would give us something else to come off the bench. Speaking of the bench, this is where I get to the third point before I'm going to go into your thoughts and feelings about the game in the chat box and get some of your questions. Um, so the substitutions. Mikel Arteta, for me, has been fantastic in getting us to where we are. And if you're sitting after this game and you're jumping onto the Arsenal Ways chat box and you're typing an Arteta out, frankly, you can go and do one because I don't know what else to say to you at this point. I assume they're just children and trolls. That's all I can say at this point. That said, because he's done a fantastic job and it's always, it's always worth levelling out that caveat first, the substitutions need to be better. Absolutely need to be better. We can't do the same thing three games in a row. You just can't. If it's failed twice, you can't do it again in the third and expect a different result. We swap Martinelli for Trossard. We swap Tomiyasu for White. And we swap Vieira for Xhaka in the last game. Obviously, the right back reversed this time, of course. And we haven't won either of those games. We haven't changed either of those games. You could say Trossard scored, but we didn't win. Yes, you can say it was VAR, but we don't know how that game ends. You can't do the same thing three games in a row and expect different results. Definition of insanity. I thought we were done with this when we you know, moved on from Arsene Wenger. We used to talk about the definition of insanity all the time when talking about the end of Arsene Wenger's era at Arsenal. Arteta needs to change. Arteta needs to change this part of his game. He needs to learn how to be more proactive with his substitutions. I would have liked to see Trossard come on for, for Xhaka. I would have seen, liked to see Tini come on and Zinchenko moved into midfield. I would have liked to see us be a bit more gung-ho, a little bit more risky. You're losing the game at this point, 2-1. Make the change. Especially when we went 3-1 down, we've still, you know, I think, what, eight to ten minutes left of the game. Throw on Tini, mate. Where is Tini at this point? Give the wide player some support because Zinchenko is he is what he is. He's great. I love him. I think he's fantastic and he's been brilliant in getting us to this level. But we all we need something different. We need to give the opposition something else to think about. We need to give them a different problem to deal with. And Tini is very different to what we had on the We don't have a wing back or a fullback that is going to overlap, that's going to get in the wide areas and get the ball into the box. You need to give him those opportunities to be able to change the game. So the fact that he's not come on in these three games is a problem. It's a problem. 
And I hope that someone asks um, about this because it, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be talked about. I hope that I hope that we see a reaction on Saturday. I really do. I'm hopeful that we'll see a reaction on Saturday. Um, because as I say, I don't think we were outclassed. I don't think you could say necessarily the performance was terrible. Defensively, the mistakes were horrible. Clinically, we weren't good enough. But we created the chances to win this game. And that's what's always going to encourage me, is that we create the chances to win games. If you're getting battered, you think about that game we lost 5-0 at City last season, right? Never in the game at all. Never there. Not on the same level. You're never going to win anything against City if we do what we did in that game, where we were just awful. That 5-0 against City is the definition of being outclassed. What you saw yesterday is not outclassed. Yesterday is mistakes. Yesterday is missing your big players. Yesterday is not taking your chances. Yesterday is not being proactive enough with substitutions. There are reasons why we lost the game yesterday, or rather reasons why we didn't win the game yesterday. But one of the reasons why we lost that game is not, in my view, that we are simply being outclassed by Man City. I just don't buy that because there are things that we can do different existing within what we've got that could turn the result a different way. And if you're outclassed by your opponent, it doesn't matter what you do. You're still going to drop those points. So for me, I can't put it down to that. That was a big point for me yesterday that I saw so many people in chat boxes on Twitter talking about being outclassed. And I can't, I'm not going to sit here and have that because I just don't think that's a fair representation of what I watched yesterday. Okay, uh, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. Um, Robbie says, do you think the second half showed the difference in inexperience between the two sides? It seems to be the pressure got to Arsenal. Um, this word experience has been used a lot, I think, in the last 24 hours. that That's the word that keeps getting brought up. It's experience. Now, players make mistakes at all ages, don't get me wrong, you know. You can be 30 years old and play a short back pass. You know, ironically, Jorginho, who's very experienced when we played at Chelsea, he's the one that played the back pass in to a Bamiang, I think it was, before Smith Rowe scored and we won 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. You can be any age and play a short back pass or a no-look back pass. So the word experience keeps coming up. And City obviously have experience in... Uh, in winning titles, and they've done it year on year on year. They've got experience in coming to the Emirates and winning because they just keep on doing it. Um, it's it's tough for me because 
I look at the chances I say that we created, and I think we should have we should have taken them. And the mistakes that we made, you could argue that we should be doing better to defend them once the mistake is is made. Other well, Saliba's positioning for the first goal. It's, it's 99% Tommy Asu. Let's not get that wrong. And I don't want to put anything too much on Saliba. It's 99% Tommy Asu. But if you look at the positioning of De Bruyne, he's waiting for it. And I don't think Saliba necessarily reads that. And Saliba should probably be trying to get goal side, especially when your player is moving backwards, um, to just preempt just in case he goes a bit too short. Is it experience? It's tough. It seems such an easy answer, doesn't it? And Occam's razor, sometimes the simplest explanation is is the explanation, if you like. Uh, it's almost always the right one. It's tough for me to say his experience because I do feel as though that we created enough to, to, to get so much more out of this game. And it's just those little mistakes. I just think it's a lack of concentration. I just think it's a lack of uh, composure. And if you want to put that down to experience, sure. But I just think it's just a lack of like I think it's a lack of composure. I just think it's um, I just think it's poor. I just think it's poor. Is is it too bad for us to say that it's just poor? I don't think that it is. It's poor from Tommy Asu. It's poor from Gabriel. It's poor from Manketia. It should be better. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. It seems such a cop out answer, doesn't it, to just say it's uh it's it's experience or it's poor it seems such a cop-out answer just to say it's poor but i think it was just poor i think tommy asu was just poor with that back pass i think gabriel was just poor with that passing and i think that Nketiah was poor with the the taking of the opportunities that we had and on the day they weren't good enough and we know that they're better than that we know that they can do better than that we know that we've seen better than that so is it experience? Because experience tells me Nketiah can score those chances. Experience tells me Tommy Asu can play those back passes. Experience tells me that Gabriel can avoid making those mistakes. So is it experience? I'm not sure that it is. I'm not sure that it is. I just think it was mistakes and poor performances from those three players. Um, Answer says, don't you think that we need a striker and a left eight the most for next season? One that can do what Jesus has done and still be clinical like Lataro Martinez. I'll tell you what, Lataro Martinez and the word clinical have not necessarily been going together all that well in the last year and a bit, Answer. <laughs> if you've watched uh, Lataro Martinez, uh, I wouldn't be putting the word clinical next to his name all that much. Um, Gabriel Jesus as well. Not exactly clinical and hadn't been, um, but it's his overall performance that is so important to us. And I would probably back him to score maybe one of those two chances at least, or at least get it on target and test Edison. Uh, Ian says, should we be worried about the drop-off in form of some of our main players, Xhaka, Zinchenko, Odegaard and White have all been poor? It, I think Villa answers that question for us, Ian. If this is a dip, if this is a bit of a blip on the record, we win on Saturday. If it's a genuine problem, we drop points because we need to respond. It is an absolute must-win game against Villa. I watched them so they were so bad against City. They were so so bad. And the problem is, and one of the benefits we had of being on the run in the first half of the season is we went and we won the game in the tunnel. Teams didn't think they could beat us. Teams did not think they could beat us. But what happens when you have a few games like we've had, especially the ones against Everton and Brentford? It gives teams belief. It gives teams the idea that they think they can beat you. And Villa will be thinking they can beat us. They absolutely will be thinking they can beat us because they'll realise there's an opportunity there. Arsenal are slipping. We can get them. That's that's my worry. We had a couple of super chats. Uh, Brian, Xhaka's passes to Gabby to go two and up different game. Yeah, uh, that chance I've not talked about. 
that's the one thing I haven't talked about in this game. And I saw someone tweet, I can't remember who it was, or I can't give them credit. Um, it might have been Cookie, actually, James Cook. Um, when that pass, that moment where Xhaka has Martinelli and Nketiah in front of him, and he doesn't pass, and then he goes to shoot, and then takes the extra touch and doesn't shoot... The game was there. That was the moment for Arsenal, really. Um, something could have really been grabbed by that. And it unfortunately wasn't. Uh, Sam says, do you think, uh, like I do, that I was so frustrated, not at the team, and Arteta has done just as he is, uh, has to learn how to adapt per game, like changing formation. He has to learn something to adapt. Sam, you're right. He has to change something. Something has to be different. And it wasn't in that game. Uh, Malark, thank you so much for the donation. Uh, no amount of goals by Eddie can make him a clinical finisher. Whether he scores one, two or three goals a game, Eddie is not a top seven striker. Uh, the end. Um, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, if you look at his goal record this season, I think he's what? If I have a look at Premier League goal scoring charts, I wonder where he actually places. Uh, Obviously, he missed the first part of the season. Uh, Where is he even in the top 30? It's probably not. I think he's got maybe five. Has he got five this season in the Premier League? Which, to be honest, would put him in the joint top 30 players in terms of goal scorers. Let's have a quick check. I think it's five. It's four. Okay, it's four. It's one below that. So he wouldn't even be in the top. 30 odd I don't think um, he has obviously missed most of the season which is not fair to then compare him against players that have played the whole season but you know, if we're honest we're missing our main striker and if you go through the teams in the league backup strikers I mean abamyang has been left out of, <laughs> of Chelsea's uh, Champions League team Man City have got Julian Alvarez which is great Liverpool have got Nunez and they've got Firmino of course still there I suppose Jota can play up top two um, Tottenham have got Richarlison, who I don't think has scored. Has he scored in the Premier League yet? Richarlison? I don't know if he's scored in the Premier League yet. Maybe I'm maybe I'm making that up, but I'm a feeling he might not have scored in the Premier League yet, Richarlison. He cost him 60 odd million quid. Um, and then I feel like I'm missing a team. Man United have signed Veghorst on loan, you know. So it's it's not exactly like the teams in the Premier League are bursting at the seams with backup strikers um, that are scoring loads of goals at the moment. And Nketi has come in and done a decent job. But at the end of the day, if you want to win the Premier League, you're probably going to need your star striker to be fit for the most of it. And we've had to deal with the fact that we've lost our star, strike, star striker. We've had to deal with the fact that we've missed our best player, arguably, in Thomas Partey in, today, in yesterday's game, which is a massive, massive blow. You know, if you remember the mindset after the Manchester United game that we lost, all of us all of us were saying if Partey was in that game, we probably would have won it. That was the that was the mindset after the Man United game. That if Partey was available instead of Lukonga, we probably would have won that game. Now we have Jorginho now, so it's slightly different. And obviously, we all know the mistakes and the mis- the missed chances that we had. Um, but. Yeah, it it does really suck. And I think there's a fair point to be made that in the summer, we need to look at trying to bring in someone who can ultimately replace Thomas Partey. Uh, And that's going to be really hard. And some people will go, how are you going to do that? Well, we have to find somebody. Because ultimately, in the last three seasons, it's absolutely fair to say that Thomas Partey's fitness and reliability has let us down. It's not his fault. It's not his fault that he gets injured. It's the human body just lets you down. But... In key moments at the end of last season and the season before that, and now this season, in crucial moments, Partey has got injured and it has cost us. 
And so it makes sense to go and look for a player that could ultimately replace him in the summer. He might not replace him straight away because Partey might be fit. Great, wonderful. But you need to be prepared. You you need to be prepared. And and I think that three years on the trot, three seasons in a row, where Partey's fitness obviously has fallen away at a really key moment of the season, it's enough of a warning sign to say, we need to make sure we bring someone in in the summer. That said, Jorginho played well. And uh, he was probably our best player, <laughs> ironically. He was probably our best player on the day. And uh, and that's obviously something to be happy about. But if you've got your top, top player, your best player is your centre midfielder and he's not available in those key moments, that's something that that's something worth talking about. There's something that needs to be addressed. Uh, Carl, thank you for the donation, my friend. Uh, we do have a plan B. Unfortunately, it's the same as plan A. It's like, it's like for like swaps. I have faith that we will develop an effective plan C. Um, I hope you're right, because if plan B is like for likes, we need plan C. Um, we need to make sure that we've got plan C. Look, against Villa, I'd like to see some changes. I'd like to see Tierney start. I'm actually going to buy into a lot of the suggestions that you guys have talked about. I'd like to see Zinchenko moved into midfield and give Xhaka a bit of a rest. I'd like to see Tierney start at left back. I'd like to see Trossard start up top. That's what I'd like to see. That's what I want to see in this game. If I was picking the lineup for tomorrow, it'd be Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, although there's an argument maybe we could give Kivior a shout, but I don't think Gabriel necessarily deserves to be dropped. So it'd be, yeah, Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, uh, Tierney, uh, depends on Partey's fitness. If not, Jorginho, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Saka, Trossard, Martinelli. That's what I'd do. That's what I'd go for on Saturday. Why not make the changes? Uh, Mameno says, they broke Tom. They've broken him. I don't I don't see that. I, I have nothing to lose. You know, I know there's people saying, oh, obviously it's a must-win game. We've got loads to lose. I get that. But for me, we've got nothing to lose in changing the team. We have nothing to lose in changing the team because we all want to see some change. We all know in the last three games what we've started to see hasn't been good enough. Trossard's the only one that scored for us, you know, other than Saka's penalty from open play in the last three games. The only goal that we've got from open play in the last three games is Trossard's goal. And that came from a Saka cross. So we've got nothing to lose in doing that. So yeah, Saka, Trossard, Martinelli's my front three. I'd move Zinchenko into midfield. I'd play Erdegaard and, and Jorginho unless Partey's deemed fit enough. Tierney at left back. Gabriel, Saliba, and White. That's what I'd do. And I would see what happens. Give Xhaka a bit of a rest. I'm not dropping Xhaka because I think he's been bad. I don't think he's been that bad. Sure, he's dipped, but I think he's a bit tired. He's played every single game. So I'd drop him off to the bench and I'd move Zinchenko into midfield, given that freedom. We've got Xhaka and Zinchenko playing a lot of the same spaces. Why not do that? Anyway, to round things off, um, I'm going to give you guys some advice. Take your mind off football in these next two days. Obviously, come back for the morning 8am show. I always appreciate you coming back just to get your little bit of a fix. And of course, we'll probably have a preview for the Villa game on Friday as well. But just take your mind off football. I'm going to go out. You might have work. You might have school. You might have a day off. I'm going to go and play some golf today. I'm just going to take my mind off it. I'm just going to take my mind off it. Just, just, I'll tell you what, last night I was fuming. Last night I was so angry and disappointed. I wasn't fuming... I wasn't like angry at Arsenal. Obviously, I had to my frustrations and we could have been better. But you invest so much into this. And we invest so much into this. So much of what we are as Arsenal fans is invested into this club. And when Arsenal don't win and Arsenal lose, it really hits you. Really, really hits you. And the next couple of days is tough. And trust me, as a person where Arsenal is not only the team I support, but my job, and it takes up 
my nine to five. It takes up my 8 a.m., my evenings. You know, it, it, it only exacerbates that. Now, the, the blessing that you guys have got is that not all of you have that. And uh, you can take your mind off it a lot easier. I've thankfully got a day off to be able to do that as well. Take your minds off things. Go and enjoy your Thursdays. There are more things in life than just football, even though football to us is nearly everything. Because um, trust me, it's not worth affecting your mental health over it, even though it sucks. It really sucks. It really, really does suck. And we can all be, uh, we can all be, uh, what's the words, uh, empathetic to one another. We can support one another. We can talk about one another. Uh, or rather talk to one another, not about one another. Don't be snakes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, be uh, be as good as you can. Don't go and abuse players. I've already started seeing, like, I'm actually going to start blocking people for just just cursing off players, to be honest, in chat boxes. Uh, it's just cowardice, really. You wouldn't say it to their faces. Um, but yeah, look, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And I hate it sometimes. But I love it because it's brought us so much joy this season. Villa is massive on Saturday. Keep those fingers crossed we can get a result. I'm going to be driving. I'm going to be getting the train up there on Saturday. Really looking forward to it. Hopefully we can put to bed that bad omen. Uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning to round up any of the big news of the last 24 hours. Mikel Arteta's press conference is tomorrow uh, as well. So we'll have that. And then you just got to wait one more day after that. And then we've got a chance to respond. And hopefully if we get a big win, we can put it all to bed. And if we don't, then we'll talk about it as we need to. Thank you so much for listening. Please do drop a like on the video. Please do subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, even in these dark circumstances. Um, it always is. Oh, boy, we need a win. I've forgotten what it feels like. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.